Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, a show so hot that I usually forget to turn off my tower fan to keep me cool, and that's what I just did. Uh, I am your host, Connor McCabe, and if you've never listened to the Call Me By Your Game podcast before, it's a show where I bring on a friend, and in the most special case, more than one friend, to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. Uh, we talk as much about we try to talk at least as much about what made playing that particular game special and fun as we do about what was special about the context of when our guest played the game. Uh, I've got a little housekeeping for you up top. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at callmebyyourgame.com. You can email us at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. So if you have anything you feel like sharing, if you want to express something about a game you love, if you love the particular game we're talking about today, want to share a story, uh, we'd love to hear you, hear that from you. And, you know, assuming you're not sharing something awful or bigoted, we'll read your email on the show. <laughs> Those are our two criteria, folks. Not awful, not bigoted. Um, you can also... Uh, if you listen to the show and you and you like it and you want to support us, there's a few ways you can do that that are super helpful. You can start by rating us, rating and reviewing us on the Apple Podcast Store. That helps our reviews. We've got about 20 reviews right now. Um, so if you listen and you haven't done that, hop onto your podcast app, give us a rating. If you like us, give us five. If you don't, give us five. And then tell us what you like about the show. You can also share this show with a friend, especially if they love the game we're talking about today. And lastly... We are uh, a part of a Patreon, and I'd love for you to check that out. So our little radio network that we have is called Super NPC Radio, uh, and that's just a little thing that myself, Jeremy Schmidt, and July Diaz started to bring you more content like this. So chances are, if you like this show, uh, you're going to like a lot of what we have to offer over there, too, including at the $5 level, we have a weekly podcast called The Super NPC Show, where we just talk about whatever the frick we want. Uh, like mom and dad aren't home for that. No one's telling us what to do. We've got money to order pizza and it's pretty fun. And if you're listening now, we've been doing a lot of fun themed October Halloween style episodes. Uh, so check it out. But that thankfully concludes the housekeeping. I don't have to talk un uninterrupted anymore. And I will go ahead and welcome our two guests. Um, returning to the show... Please welcome Zombie Puncher, Snack Buncher, and Sweet Honey Buncher, Michael McCaller. How are you, pal? Oh, I'm real good now that I got all those nicknames. Hey, that changes no. my identity. That feels like I'm awakened in a way I wasn't previous. Yeah, I like to think of it as that like you're awakened because you're realizing it for the first time, but you've had it all along, pal. Mm -hmm. Of course, um, yeah, but you're not alone. This is a special episode where we've got two guests on the show. And uh, so I'd like to welcome our next first-timer, soon-to-be champion of the show. Please welcome streamer, dreamer, and somebody who knows a thing or two about coffee creamer, Roxy Polk. Hi, Connor. Hi, everybody. It's nice to meet you guys. Uh, that's true. Hey. I do know a thing or two about coffee creamer. And I am a streamer. You know, I'm... <laughs> Hey, so we, and but not a dreamer? I, I guess I am a dreamer, that's true. No, very grounded. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I did, you know, take a bit of a risk there. Like, who knows? Maybe you're going to be like a tea person or like no on caffeine. Um, and if I would have known, you know, if we had done 
if I had made the change before, I would have made some sort of thing about you liking uh, your V8 energy drink, but <laughs> I didn't have the time. I'm I so mean, sorry. I mean, as much as I love those, I'm not sure if I want that brand deal yet. <laughs> so Okay, that's fair. <laughs> fair. Yeah, I feel you there. But I, you I know, will say, uh, more coffee person than tea person. So now you know one more thing about me. Wow. See, the, the fun thing about this show is that sometimes I have on a, a guest, a friend that I know very well or that I get to spend a lot of time with like Mr. Michael McCuller. Other times I get to have more of an acquaintance or like a friend of a friend on and Roxy, not that we're not capable of having a, you know, a wonderful friendship, <laughs> but we are, you know, we're new friends. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. It, these are usually a fun time to get to know people. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, today. this is very exciting. I've only been talking with you for like an hour or so already, and I feel like we're going to be great friends. Yes. And also, a friend of mine, uh, is usually pretty good uh, chance going to be a friend of mine. We've we've got, both got good taste in friends, I'd say. I'm going to cry. Oh, my Are you kidding me right now? This is great. <laughs> That's very sweet. You know, as much as we were talking about on the stream how we wanted a clown, or maybe it was before we recorded clown on Mikey, we just, it's hard not to love the guy. I clown um, on him because I love him. That's why. I feel like I, I there's enough uh, where I can clown on him and he won't hate me for it. <laughs> yes, he can, he can, you know, take it and dish it out too, but it's all in good fun. Um, so why don't I, we sort of get to know each other a little better mikey i'll ask you some stuff to share about yourself as well but roxy i you know named a few silly rhymes about you Uh but how would people know you what do you want to share about yourself uh i'm gonna act like this is for the audience but because we don't know each other very well it's uh (laughs) it's for me to get to know you so tell tell us a little bit about yourself perfect yeah i think most people know me as an artist i do a lot of uh comic art it's actually like uh what pays my bills i'm a freelance comic artist and art general artist congrats yeah um i i do do a lot of fan art if you guys check my twitter or any of my other social medias that i'm pretty active on like uh instagram as well it's just chock full of fan art and a lot of it is resident evil fan art um and also, I stream three times a week. Oh yeah, Mikey! Mikey's holding up uh, one of the one of the uh, oh, charms. Wow. One of Roxy's Resident Evil key change that I have hanging on my wall right next to me. That is, yeah. is that from three? Uh, two. two, yeah. But I two. did do a version of three as well. Okay. I got an Etsy store, guys. Let me plug that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Please do. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, Roxbox Studios. Uh, it's on. Etsy. I think I know the next webpage. I'm gonna perfect. Visit. Love it. <laughs> and it's not jerseymikes.com, folks, as much as I love a sub. Did you eat dinner? Are you uh, ordering online from the website? <laughs> honestly, that's pretty embarrassing. I shouldn't have mentioned what? that. No, hey, it's COVID. You do delivery. You order online. It's what happens now. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I love it. So so you have, you're, you're a, a comic artist. I think that's how you labeled yourself. Yeah. But, um, and, and you have a cool Etsy store. Um and I, but I think I interrupted you. So oh. uh, if you were going to share more, go no ahead. No problem. I mean, Jersey Mike subs are very important, so I, I get it. <laughs> oh, I knew you would understand. <laughs> um, yeah, I stream on Twitch uh, three days a week. So on uh, was it Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday is my current uh, schedule. Usually for like six hours at a time. Uh, Whoa. Like I set aside a full day is just like stream day. So. Uh, dang we'll play through um, super long games i'll sometimes we'll do coverage of like gaming news like a lot of tokyo game show stuff came out so sometimes i'll just like watch trailers with chat and stuff and we'll talk about it which is super fun uh or we'll play 
you know, like back to back all of the PS1 Resident Evil games or <laughs> uh, actually put like over 100 hours on stream into Final Fantasy 15. So it kind of. Whoa. We've got a lot of like. Uh, I play a lot of retro games too. So kind of a variety awesome. streamer with an emphasis on like horror and retro, I'd say. I love it. I just heard what. I just got to learn what a variety streamer is, which I realized is like how I do it anyway, but I didn't have, you know, the knowledge to be able to uh, identify that. So thank you. I feel like I'm just, I'm getting another lesson on Twitch by just talking to the two of you today. Cool. Hey, happy to help. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, uh, What else I was going to say was, uh, so you stream a variety of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's actually kind of, I mean, pretty much how I know you would be hopping on Mikey streams and you guys might be streaming together or you would be in chat. So it's funny to have, uh, you know, been on a chat with you a number of times, but now we're getting to actually sit down and have a, have a real chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Did you have anything else, Roxy, that you wanted to share about yourself that you didn't get a chance to yet? Um, Not that I can necessarily think of. Like, I do have a Patreon and I have, like, a uh, light novel project, which actually... Uh, I'm essentially adapting a webcomic that I was drawing like after college and everything. I'm adapting it into a novel format with like illustrations and stuff. And that's like a Patreon bonus if people want to follow me on there for something extra. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Um, would you mind telling us, and we, we'll do plugs at the end of the show too, but I'd love to know now, uh, if you don't mind, what your Patreon is and what this novel is. Yeah, uh, so Transpose Operator, it's like a sci-fi dystopian uh, novel about um kind of like a desolate world that's been overtaken by a a virus which now it's pretty fitting i guess for what we're experiencing right now and um these uh contaminated robots who used to help humanity but uh, a virus kind of turned them against people as well so you've got like a digital virus for robots and like a uh what would organic virus for uh humans so uh, wow, it's kind of like that's interesting. the survivors of that world kind of figuring stuff out. Yeah, that's really cool. I think I'm going to have to check this out. You got me, so I'm assuming you got the listener. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you. I love it. Yeah, of course. Um, well, hey, thank you so much for sharing about yourself. It's also, like I said, helpful for me to get an idea of what you do. But Mr. McCuller, hey. I left you out in the cold too long, my friend. We've had you on the show before. If people listen to this, they probably hear you on Video Games, a comedy show. They might even hear you on Resident Evil Book Club, which is a show on our Patreon network. Mm-hmm. But um, my guy, my man, my pal, uh, how else would people know you? What do you want to share about yourself? Are there And are there any updates of any changes that have happened for you the last six months since we got did your episode? Uh, I think last time we spoke on this podcast, I could do about 60 push-ups without stopping. And now Whoa. I'm up to maybe 70, 75. So it's for like real? that's... Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. I, I do Big them on congrats. stream sometimes. <laughs> You're giving those, those chest muscles a work, my friend. Yeah. But usually I'll, it's like because- if you don't make it, right? Exactly. It's always like a punishment. I'll say like, like when I'm getting close to platinuming a Resident Evil game, I'll say like tonight it's platinum or pushups because otherwise I'm going to quit. It's always like the hardest trophy, the very Mm. end. And it's like, if I don't get it tonight, I will do a hundred pushups on stream. So then the first time I want to quit, I'm like, oh, but I do not want to do a hundred pushups yet. (laughs) That's awesome. I feel like you two have such nuance to the ways you stream and like the things you do that I'm just like, 
I'm playing, I mean, the easy metaphor is like you're playing check, chess and I'm playing, I mean, I would say checkers, but it feels like I'm just like pushing a block around <laughs> is what it feels There's like. There's no rules. Yes. It's just, it's just pushing. I'm and just like moving are a block. confused and scared. Yeah. Like I don't, is this a puzzle? Is this a walking simulator? What's happening here? Um, well, I'm glad you have the increase in. Uh, push-ups but you stream what stuff do you end up streaming mo- for the most part i kind of i i like i think i would like to be a variety streamer but the answer is resident evil i'm just yeah. a resident evil guy <laughs> um i was going through and platinuming on like getting all the achievements on playstation 4 of all the resident evil games that's getting harder and harder as i get to worse and worse resident evil games <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so I don't know how much longer that's like, I've been trying to platinum Resident Evil Zero, which is famously like one of the worst good Resident Evil games. Interesting. If that tracks, um, yes. there are a number of bad Resident Evil games. Like Resident Evil Zero is good, but it's the worst good one. And I just got to like, there's like this bonus mode that you've got to beat in under a certain time. And I was like, this sucks. And oh, I hated it. Slog. And then, um, I popped in the original Resident Evil 3 just to like bop through it. And I was like, I feel alive again. I'm like, that's wonderful. So so I I think I'm just going to lean into like whatever Resident Evil I want to be playing at the time, but Resident Evil specifically. Okay. Mikey, I have a big question for you. Are you going to play Dead Aim at some point? Okay. Uh, (laughs) As part of Resident Evil Book Club, I'm going to answer this question in a second. Okay. Um, uh, I think we're okay to announce this. I think it's happening in October. We're officially moving that um, off the Patreon, or like we're doing like a month long delayed release on the regular feed. So you don't have to be a Patreon to listen to it. Um, But if you are a Patreon, you get not only advanced episodes released, but also you get Resident Evil Games Club, Hmm. which we, uh, Jeremy and I just... Uh, recorded. Um, we the first one is th- that's going to be the Patreon exclusive. We did like a giant uh, a long time ago for a different show called um, Video Games, a serious show. We did a deep dive, Jeremy and I, on Resident Evil One, and then just the other day we recorded the first new iteration of this and did Resident Evil Two and just talked for a long time about my second favorite game of all time. And uh, Part of that Resident Evil Games Club is going to be, I will literally be playing all the Resident Evil games. And so will Jeremy. And so Resident Evil Dead Aim, Resident Evil Gaiden, the weird Game Boy Really? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Resident Evil... Survivor? The 45 on-rail shooters that for some reason exist. We're playing them all. They're all happening. This is a each no, get their stone, own <laughs> no stone left unturned scenario. I feel like we're in. You know how okay, Are you we're all playing Mario then? 3D. Sorry. Oh, I've got a Wii. Oh, okay. That's where I play all my GameCube resonance. Okay, because I was going to say, you got rid of all of your old consoles. I thought you only had like new shit. So, okay. Yeah, I've got a bunch the of Wii old stuff. The Wii is the one that you hung on to. Um, I, I don't think Roxy is, but me and Connor, I know, are playing Mario 3D All-Stars. Mm. So, you know, in Mario 64, when you're trying to get 100 coins, and yes. you, <laughs> you know, Connor, like, Did you just deflated, hear the that. exasperation in my voice? Well, last night specifically, not to, not to interrupt you, but I want to explain that expression of just fatigue just now. <laughs> I, last night, I, I have never gotten all 120 stars. 
However, Mario 64 is arguably my favorite game ever, and it is also the game I have definitely spent the most time in. Like, I Hmm. have returned to it so many times just because I love exploring. I love the mystery of it. I love how weird that game is. Um, And it was the first time I think I felt, like, real ownership over a game, or, like, with a game, not over something that has a strange connotation to it. But um, anyway, I am on the journey to finally do that. Especially with so many people in our group posting their pictures of them with their 120 stars. I'm like, well, I got to do it now. I have 106 stars and I'm on Rainbow Ride. And I've been trying to get the 100 coins on an objective that takes me through most of the level anyway. But every time you commit to that, if you die, it's like, oh, I spent another 10 minutes like going back and forth on these rainbows. And yeah, you get it. So... All that to say is that yes, I I know the hundred coin stars. I'm so sorry to get long winded. Get those flashbacks. I get you. Yeah, but, but all sorry, that is Mikey. to say, uh, in Resident Evil Games Club, like Resident Evil One is the ring of eight coins you see right at the beginning of the level. Resident Evil Two is the string of five coins on the way up to the floating islands. Resident Evil Three is the big chunk of coins at the top. That are on the little arrow floating. Oh, <laughs> this is Wampus Cave describing. Uh, but like, what we're gonna get to a point where we're like, okay, I don't think I killed all the Goombas down there, and that's gonna be Resident Evil Dead Aim. That's gonna be like we're scraping <laughs> the bottle over there. We're at ninety-eight coins, wow. and I guess we got to go track down the Tiger Gamecom port of Resident Evil Two. At least it's uh. like relatively short. Like I actually played that game in its entirety on stream, and I think it was like in a single session and i was oh did du- yeah i was done with it before i thought i was going to be but then again okay i played it on easier difficulty mode because i did not have a gun con and i did not know what i was getting into so i was like oh. if i'm talking to <laughs> oh, chat wow. and i'm playing this game i want to make sure i don't like back us into a corner so i don't know what difficulty level you're planning on playing it on but i would recommend easy if you don't want to hate probably do an the easy. game while you I'll play probably it do an easy <laughs> on, on some of these games that i am not interested in i think an easy mode is the way to go Totally. Uh, that was so much awesome stuff. Is there anything else you want to share about yourself, McCaller, before we uh, talk about some other stuff? Oh, I guess I should drop the Twitch stream. It is twitch.tv slash Michael McCaller. I'm currently doing a Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. Hell yeah. Or, uh, nice. Resident Evil type of person. <laughs> that is so what, what we got on tap, baby. And in, in fact, we just uh, like sort of, I mean, I guess sort of separately, but also sort of a part of that. We just uh, streamed you playing the beginning of the game we're going to talk about today, Resident Evil 3, the 2020 game. And also, how do you two refer to this game? Do you call it Resident Evil 3? Do you call it RE3 Remake? What What's the rules here? I would say RE3 Remake. Yeah, I usually have RE3. Remake in there, whether it's like saying it in its entirety or abbreviating mm. it. Okay. Yeah, remake or original. That would be our yeah. nomenclature. Oh, that's, that's very helpful. Okay. Well, we just uh, did a fun stream where Roxy and I watched Mikey play a little bit through, I don't know, about an hour of the of that game. Yeah, it's very and fun. And help, very fun. Help me get an idea of like what it feels like, of some of the slight nuances and maybe differences between the ones that I've watched McCaller play before. But yeah, so it was fun. It was a fun little throwback to like the video elements we used to do. Um so thanks for humoring me, you two, and thanks for the idea, McCaller. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, great. So before we talk about that game, which is, that's the big reveal, we're talking about RE3 Remake. This is a part of the October-themed Call Me By Your Game episodes, <laughs> uh, which that's means spooky. I'm doing three yeah very very much so these are the these this is what we're doing for this month which we will already have had uh one of the episodes debut by this point but it's it's october themed for me that means that it's not just halloween it's not just scary stuff it's kind of a mix of what i experience in october so last week if you've if you're listening to this the it's first your birthday week, like, it's my birthday oh. actually that's november so oh, okay. coming up okay um, i was gonna say what yeah, i didn't actually, say happy birthday to you who let this happen <laughs> oh you're hey you're you've got a whole month and and change until you got to do that um but uh, the first episode that you already listened to was x-men with uh jeff Topolsky. this is on the sega genesis we recorded this before I decided I wanted to do a themed month, but I figured X Men's kind of great because to me, like you know, you're changing between the characters. The X like comic book characters are notorious for being featured as Halloween costumes. So it was. I thought of it as like my costumes episode. Hmm. Um, we are of course getting this RE three remake episode, which is very easy to tie into the month of October. There's zombies. It's scary. Very much Halloween. Uh, we will also have an episode on Dead Rising with um, ho- one of the two hosts of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Patrick Ellers, will be joining us. And then for the last episode of the month, there's only four for October, because that's how many we- uh, Wednesdays we have. Um, we're doing the final baseball spotlight. We've been doing a baseball game a month that I've been highlighting, because uh, I love baseball, I love baseball games. And the last one we'll be doing is Backyard Baseball, uh, specifically Backyard Baseball 2001. And that that's, will be that's the, your one, right? That's my one, and and that's that will be the week of the World Series, which is the last week oh, of October. Love so it. perfect. So we'll finish it off not with a Halloween episode, but with <laughs> baseball. Oh, um, I mean, baseball can be spooky if you think about it hard enough, right? Maybe. Hey, trust me, I don't. I don't have to think about it hard enough, and I'm like, wow, that's scary to have my team be bad at scoring runs. Oh, no. if, you're a, if you're a Twins fan, baseball has been scary for years. Oh, no. Dude, just today, like, so the playoffs started yesterday. It's the it's this new wild card round where there's eight teams per league. It's different than it used to be. But yeah, the Twins have like one of the best teams in the league, and they are already out. They they hosted. Oh, I didn't know that. A, they hosted a team with a losing record, and they lost. Two days in a row, they scored two runs in two games, and they have lost eighteen playoff games in a row as a franchise. So wow, just basically they've been every time they've gotten in since like the mid to late two thousands, they've lost every game. It's depressing for Twins fans, but I don't want to go too much on sports. But how is yes. every Minnesota sport have the exact same story? That's what happens know. to the I'm Minnesota Wild that- in hockey. That's what happens to the Minnesota Vikings in football. I'm guessing that like Minnesota is as like violated the human rights of indigenous people <laughs> more than any any like group group or area we could have thought that's the only explanation for it uh, and if they have then hey well deserved yeah um for the, <laughs> that for, actually made me feel a lot better about my sports lot in life <laughs> right um so before we so that's our theme that's what's going on for the month of october this is the first episode you're gonna hear me explain that because uh we didn't have a plan for it originally but before we talk about RE3 Remake, we're going to get into our guest history with video games. Um, 
and Resident Evil games in general. Roxy, I would actually love to start with you. And my first question for you is, how do you remember when and how you first like took an interest in video games? Yeah, actually. Um, gosh, I can't remember the exact age I was. Um, I think it had to have been either like like late elementary school or maybe early middle school. Um, awesome. My brother was the one who was gifted a PS1 and we got to play uh, Crash Bandicoot, uh, Frogger, and like Tekken 3. And I remember thinking okay. like... Why, why was my brother the one who got this, but I didn't? I wanted this thing. <laughs> um, yeah, did he, like, do you know if he asked for it or if it was just, like, random? I don't know if it was one of those things where my parents were like, oh, well, boys like video games, so let's get him this for Christmas yeah. this year. Or if, like, he had played it with friends and had asked for it. I can't, can't remember. But uh, gotcha. I have, like, distinct memories of um, discovering that Final Fantasy VIII and, like, JRPGs existed because uh, one of my best friends, who I'm still friends with to this day, actually introduced me to the concept of games that, like, had more going on than, like, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, And I basically just fell in love with the medium and, like, video games in general. And then that following Christmas, or maybe a couple years later, I can't quite remember when the timeline was, but uh, then me and my brother both got PlayStation 2s and, like... (laughs) I oh, I asked yeah. for it. It was like I distinctly remember very much like asking for it. So the PlayStation Two was my first uh, video game system, and I don't want that to sound like also we were rich or something. Like to be able to afford two of those for Christmas sounds kind of wild. Uh, but it was one of those things that was like a big deal to me. So uh, my parents listened to hey, that. Don't feel bad when me and my sister turned eleven. And the PS Two, the PS Two came out. The what's the PS Two? <laughs> And the PS2 came out. Um, don't feel bad because we both got matching Ferraris, so it's not like you were that rich. Uh, um, and yeah, we couldn't drive them for five years, but uh, <laughs> you just look we at were... them. They're they're pretty to yeah, look at. Yeah, you just bring over your friends and show them. Yeah. yeah. And then they had to go home. People didn't like coming over. Let's just say that. Um, but that's really cool. So you guys got each got PS2s. Did you? Do you remember? Can if you don't mind. I'd love to ask you about that Christmas. Yeah, Do you sure. remember what games you got with it? Oh, gosh. So it was before Final Fantasy X came out. I remember not getting ten with it because it hadn't come out yet. Oh, um, wow. That, that was a short window, too. Yeah, I, I remember getting The Bouncer. Um, <laughs> the, bouncer? the Bouncer? The ultimate PlayStation 2 launch Oh, game. my God. <laughs> it, it's a Square Enix uh, like beat-em-up game with designs Whoa. by Tetsuya Nomura. So, um... Oh, there. And it's like his idea of what like street fashion kids who or I say kids, uh, young adults who work at a bar, um, which uh, God, that that game had like a weird difficulty spike, uh, but it was a lot more like cinematic and like fully voice acted and everything. It was kind of meant to be like movie length for each playthrough. This looks like Kingdom Hearts meets Streets of Rage yeah, to me. Yeah, like you could definitely this tell it's like Proto Nomura designs before he like went all in on that kind of like aesthetic. Um, I love that. But so you have three different main characters you can choose to play as and they each have like different branching stories with the different uh, characters and everything, uh, which was pretty neat. Um, That's really cool. I'm trying to think what other launch games. I got so many other games like around that time. Uh, hey, and if you can't think of any, no problems, because I got more questions for you, my sure, friend. Sure, go for it. 
So you're on this PS2 journey. Where does this take you from here? What are like some of the next big video game moments for you, if you remember them? Oh, goodness. There's like so many. I, I essentially like most of my high school was uh, JRPGs. Um, like your high school experience? Yeah, my high school experience. experience, like playing games was uh, JRPGs. No, she went to high school Ooh. in a JRPG. Yes, yeah. Oh, so you're a Persona 5. Yeah, she <laughs> was dreaming about uh, turning into a horned person. <laughs> I played the first two hours of Persona 5, and that's my JRPG experience. Folks. Yeah, just midnight Thank happens, you, I go through the TV, and I get to fight creatures. That's how it is. How it was. Uh, that's kind of awesome. Congrats. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was playing games like... Uh, Digital Devil Saga is still, like, one of my favorite. There's, like, two games to that. Uh, so I guess it's technically a series. But um, it's part of the Shin Megami Tensei, uh, oh. like, expanded universe. And it's kind of more of, like, a one-off. So you don't need to have as much knowledge of anything else from that franchise, really. Um, There's a super cool game that I feel like a lot of people, like, didn't really encounter because of maybe how weird mm. it is. Like, the main characters turn into demons and you eat other demons and stuff is like part of a gameplay mechanic um interesting and there's like this whole crazy sounds like shimigami tensei yeah <laughs> like demons are always a big thing in that that like a, a yeah. franchise um but so this time you actually kind of like play as a demon so you have like a human form that has a gun and then a demon form that is like much more powerful <laughs> that can do things so uh wow pretty relatable yeah right <laughs> Uh, Honestly, sometimes high school feels like it's filled with demons when I went there. <laughs> but so like that um, was a really big formative game. And then also the uh, Shadow Hearts series would be another one, which is like a horror themed JRPG. And I think that's kind of when I figured out like, oh, I actually really like horror and like spooky things and spooky themed things. Uh, oh. And I mean, like if the game where you turn into a demon, you know, if that didn't do it for me, then this one certainly did. <laughs> That's so cool. That's interesting to like look back and see that sort of moment where that, where that, I don't know if I want to call it like, first, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, where you sort of maybe started to get into horror games or that was like a gateway yeah. to horror games for yeah, you? Yeah, essentially. And I think like okay. the early horror games, like the re early Resident Evil games, I just couldn't like tank controls. Like I would try it yes. and I just hated it so much that I would... Uh, just watch like other people play it like uh, my good friend who actually introduced me to uh, Final Fantasy 8 and kind of started this whole rabbit hole she would play like the Resident Evil games and I would watch her play them um, oh and then gotcha. like Resident Evil 4 uh, for the PS2 was like my first time actually playing the series and like falling in love with the series because it was a control scheme I liked <laughs> Um, okay. And then fast forward to now, I'm playing through all of the PS1 games on my original PS2 that I got as a kid, like playing it on stream and having a blast and being like, man, I wish I had like tried to like tank controls more as a kid, but I got there eventually. So it's all good. <laughs> hey, I feel you. You know, I can relate to that heavily in a, in a, in a certain, in my own way. Uh, and that is, I often look back at like my life and um times i've had previously and you know you, there's moments where you're like you know i wish i could have done things differently and mine are solely to do with video games everything else i would have done the same um <laughs> mine so are I, only to do with like lost loves yours are <laughs> How like tragic. women i've loved and never said anything to see that's because you're a normal functioning Mikey. person mccaller <laughs> and i have some serious neuroses uh well, that's that's uh, it is funny how that can happen. I have all jokes aside, Roxy, I do <laughs> uh, relate to that because I feel like I'll look back at 
certain things that I had like recently Mario Galaxy is a game that I got when it came out I adored my one playthrough and never went back and recently I played through it again in April and was like where have I been why did I not return to this so um you know I can kind of see where you're coming from uh so so you were a PS2 head from that moment on do you have you had any like dips in your video game like love or have you been pretty going steady with the vgs Uh, i'd say it just got (laughs) i was gonna say worse but it's not bad it's not a bad thing so i guess i'd I'd say it just intensified (laughs) yes um (laughs) like i remember when i went to college uh like one of my roommates had a little tv now like we had been able to talk to each other ahead of time and so i was the one who brought still by ps2 that thing came with me everywhere uh playing that in the main room and uh, all of my other roommates were like, I just, why do you just keep playing <laughs> different games? <laughs> like, we're trying Not to- Not a video game crowd? Yeah, well, they'd, uh, I don't know, they were more, um, I don't know, it was an art school. So, actually, me and Mikey went to the same school. I don't think, what? That's right, I couldn't remember if we talked about that on the recording yet. No, we were talking about that on the uh, Twitch stream. Uh, which, oh, thank you. Like, me and Mikey didn't meet until, like, what? second third year mikey i can't remember second year okay so i just yeah. i have distinct of, memories of, of yeah like not having as many friends freshman year and just kind of like that's t- actually when i was playing uh, resident evil 4 the most probably um mm-hmm. like that and a couple of other games uh wow, we were resident evil ships in the night i know right I <laughs> a couple of years. Evil 4 <laughs> at that time too <laughs> Uh, I remember like playing it so much that I would like go outside and I'd see a bird nest and I'd be like, I bet I could get a gem out of that if I shoot that down. (laughs) That's hilarious. That is, it's so funny when, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show, but I've had the similar things happen to me too, where the habits you get into playing video games seep into your real life subconsciously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) what you were talking about, that is so relatable. Oh my goodness. Assassin's Creed is always the series that does that for me. If I'm playing uh. an Assassin's Creed game, I'll be like walking in the city and I'm like, I could parkour that. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, I can murder that person. <laughs> oh yeah, I can take down the constable. Incredible. Mikey, please tell me you actually try to do the parkour though. And then you're like, oh shit, I can't I do that. I did do parkour one time when I was like very new to Los Angeles. Um, my apartment building had all of these like patio parties where so just like a bunch of people who had no reason to know each other got together okay and there was a dude who was like 18 and he was like doing parkour and i was like oh that's cool and he's like well let's go do it tomorrow and we did and we got and we like went around our neighborhood and we didn't do a ton of stuff but the one thing i remember was climbing up to about like the second floor in a building and in los angeles there are a bunch of like apartment buildings that have like a stone wall and like barbed wire along oh the top. God. Wait, okay, how yeah. did you like climb up this down. building? I'm like, imagine you climbing up it as Spider-Man, but that's not real. That's not how like fire escapes. Fire escapes. Okay. I remember doing a lot of like pull-ups with fire escapes to like climb wow. up. And then we got up high and he was just like, listen, my only advice to you, don't look down. <laughs> And I was, I, I remember the fear as I was walking. I was like, I could very, it was the only time in my life really I can remember thinking like, I could die right now. <laughs> Wow. So you were hanging out with the, talking with the parkour master and then you never talked to him again? Yeah, he texted me a lot and I was just ignored. <laughs> what? Because I was 
Well, he was also weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> the other thing is he was weird. Um, it's all this all checks out so far. <laughs> I was also going to say that like parkour to me the idea seems like use your environment to move around in ways you didn't think. Like parkour almost seems like to me like DIY before DIY was a thing. <laughs> DIY like, movement. Yes, DIY movement. Um but <laughs> I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I think where we left off was that you were Resident Evil Ships in the Night at college. Yeah. Minnesota Art School or School of Design? What was it called? The Minneapolis College of Art and Design. Yep. Um, MCAD. Colloquially. MCAD. That's cool. Do we actually Um, say that at the same time, Mikey? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah, Nice. (laughs) Let's pretend we planned that. (laughs) Um, Roxy, I have a question for you. And if if this isn't something you want to reveal, like, please don't feel like you have to. Sure. Do you? And I'm asking this because we've been in quarantine so long, and I think since I've been conscious of you that I don't know the answer to this. Do you live in L.A. or you do you live in Minnesota? Um, I lived in L.A. for like a year and a half, but now I live in uh, Portland, Oregon, actually. Oh, my gosh. Yep. No way. Kind of bopped all over the place. Yeah, that's great. Um, Well, that answers my question. (laughs) I love it. Uh, so, So since this... Resident Evil time in college when you got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this might even transition to me just asking, like, when did you get into the Resident Evil series in general? Do you remember the first one you played? Um, the first one I physically played was uh, Resident Evil Four, but like before that, I had watched uh, my my good friend Maddie, who maybe she will listen to this, maybe maybe not. I'll definitely send it her way. Hi, Maddie. Um, but uh, she was playing Resident Evil Two. Um, and that was the one that oh. was like her favorite. So she played that one like back to back several times. Um, because oh, so she was the McCaller before McCaller. Yes, exactly. <laughs> cool. We we call her the proto McCaller. <laughs> That's what she calls herself it. too. You know, it's so strange. Yeah, she thought of it, which was weird. <laughs> that is strange. <laughs> um. Yeah. So like four four was the first one, and then from then on, I just played every every single release. Uh going back to some of the earlier ones from time to time, but I didn't actually, like, sink my teeth into actually, like, I shouldn't say mastering tank controls because I'm not that good, but uh, getting over my dislike of tank controls and fully embracing them uh, kind of came this year, actually because I just loved Resident Evil 3 so much and Resident Evil 2, uh, both of those remakes, I love them so much. It's kind of like... I don't know how much you guys went into other games in the series, but like six was a very disappointing game for I think pretty much everybody. Hmm. Um, and that was like on the 360, so that was quite a while ago, and it kind of made me is think. That the, oh, sorry. Is that the racist one? No. Was that's that five? five. That was five. Cool. I know there's one that's pretty dang racist. Yeah. Um, which is gotcha. a shame because five the gameplay is very good in that game. Right. Yeah, five is an issue because of its narrative and its mm. gameplay is like pretty good. Yeah, six is an issue because its gameplay is shocking. So bad. How bad? Oh. Me and Mikey actually played that game co-op a couple months ago, all the way through for the first time. I think. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> holy shit! We we had to get through it just to like for our Resident Evil bona fides. Yeah. Dang. And it's really hard and bad. We were playing on easy and like struggling. Because it's just, like, unclear what you're supposed to be doing. We were also playing <laughs> like, the Switch port that had, like, I don't know. It, it felt like there was some uh, <laughs> quality issues that maybe didn't get ironed oh. out. Where, like, things would skip around or, like, 
characters would freeze right before a scene transitioned and it would look super awkward and weird. Um, oh. So. Funky. I don't know yeah. if that's just. Resident Evil 6 is a strange, like, uh, I think Roxy linked me a long time ago to like a YouTube video of like what happened. Oh, yes. Matt and Muscles. He did a uh, video yeah. on his YouTube channel about it. It's just fascinating. It's just like every bad corporate business decision you can make with a game they made with Resident Evil 6. Yeah, and also like the director like was, I think his last director uh, like role he had played in a game was maybe Resident Evil Outbreak for the PS2, mm. which is a very different type of game, um, but did have like co-op and online elements to it. So I guess I could see why they would pick him for that. But like Resident <laughs> Evil 6 is such a huge, crazy, expensive release for them that like, it's kind of surprising that they put somebody who wasn't as experienced in charge of it as well, yeah. which is just one of many things wrong with that, <laughs> or that went wrong. Huh. Um, Very interesting. But uh, so like the remake, particularly Resident Evil 2 remake, and now 3 since it came out afterwards, that kind of made me remember like, oh yeah, I love Resident Evil, what the fuck? Like, it, <laughs> it's like 6 and kind of made me think just like, oh, okay, so this is kind of like what it's going to be from now on, huh? They want it to be like a weird action game that nobody uh, really cares for. Mm -hmm. um, but then like 7 was a really important game because it brought it back to its horror roots. And then the 2 and 3 remake were just like, these games were made for me. I love these. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I guess the last question I've got for you before we talk to McCaller briefly about his history with Resident Evil games is, have you played, are there any games that you've played recently that you've really enjoyed or had a particularly special time with? Um, yeah, in the, like in recent history for you? Gosh, uh, let me, I'm going to literally go to my Twitch page and look at the list of ones that I've played through recently because- Heck uh, yeah. Let's go to the Twitch. I'm trying to think, what is the most recent one? Because there are so many good games I've been playing lately. Um, I know you were playing Parasite Eve 2. Yeah, see, that was another game that, like, I love Parasite Eve 1 so much. You know what? I guess that's probably actually my first horror game was Parasite Eve 1. Oh, wow. I can't believe I, like, spaced on that. I was just so in my head thinking about Resident Evil exclusively. Um, but the second... Uh, Parasite Eve was like, hey, Resident Evil was popular. Let's do tank controls with enemies that don't make sense to have tank controls. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I love a lot of things about that game, but playing it is incredibly frustrating. Um, okay. But, uh... Shoot. Let's see. God, so many of these just... Uh, replaying a lot of older games recently. That's, like, what I find myself doing half the time. I, I'm playing catch-up. Um, but I'm also like trying to play a recent game if I can. Like yeah. I've recently been playing Death. I was playing Death Stranding. I played like two hours and I loved it. But then I got like sucked into both Mario Galaxy Two, which I have, and then the collection. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's like, kind of the thing. The biggest new release of the last month or so has been old games. Yes. Yeah. They put out the best old games they had. Uh, our really buddies though. at Nintendo <laughs> and. I'm blown away to be playing Mario Sunshine on the go. Yeah, it's strange. It yeah. feels crazy to me. There's like a lot of yeah. like older releases that I missed out on. Like for instance, Witcher 3. I only started playing mm -hmm. like recently and I was like, why did it take me so long to like finally play this game? It's great. Uh, yeah. Ugh. And hey, it happens to the best of us, friend. <laughs> yeah. And like for Switch, uh, I really love the new Fire Emblem Three Houses game. Mm. Um, 
and uh Dude, pretty good yeah it's very it's very good i still haven't even been able to play all of the different routes yet that game is like way longer and way bigger than it has any right to be <laughs> yes <laughs> for better or I worse think I, played, <laughs> I agree i really had a fun time with it but i only ended up playing 30 hours and even that i didn't even get to like the big story rift that happens oh really or, like, the jump forward in time. yeah like the time yeah. skip thing oh man because when i played it i like was doing everything i could in all of the free time and like would explore accidentally too much yeah like on times where i couldn't actually there were no like uh i guess event points to use or whatever mm-hmm. they called them um well that's really cool uh roxy before we talk to mikey was there anything else you wanted to share about your history with games um I mean, I guess one of the reasons why I started streaming is because, like, I got so busy with work, I found myself not playing games as much, and yet I was still, like, buying them and wanting to play them. I I watch so many, like, Let's Plays and, like, people playing games, like, in the background while I work and everything, and it's just, it's not enough. So one of the reasons why I wanted to stream was because I'd be like, okay, I'm going to give myself this time to, like, actually play through these games I wanted to play and actually hang out with people and, like, share our love for games um that's cool it's so funny it's like once we make it something on our calendar we have to do it yeah and it's it's been great and wonderful and i love it a lot um i'm really glad i started streaming it's made like a huge impact on my life uh really amazing um and has allowed me to enjoy video games with other people which has been great that's really awesome uh that's so that's and like, so actually good to hear as a small little tangent like me and mikey have been friends since college but we kind of like fell out of touch like in a normal way uh you know just because people's lives get busy uh and mm-hmm. i think like me streaming and mikey deciding to stream like we've been hanging out a lot more which has been great and like just talking yeah. more and everything and now we're doing this with you today which is like wonderful um i love it yeah it really has been like a hugely positive like not only overall impact for my life, but yeah, specifically with my friendship with you. Like, I feel like you and I have gotten much closer than we even were when we basically lived together in college. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. um, but sometimes life just kind of works out that way, and it's it can mm-hmm. surprise you in really cool ways, not just like terrible existential dread ways as uh, the Ugh, way the world has been lately. all too familiar with. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's really special to hear I'm like so glad you shared that. I think that, yeah, I mean, now, anytime, but now especially, like connecting, not only is connecting with people special and feels more, uh, I don't, I don't know, it just, it feels, it's got a little extra weight to it because we're six months deep into a pandemic and, and our every day it seems that our country crumbles, crumbles a little more. So not only is just connecting with people great, but like the surprises that you can have that come from that can i don't know i've had tiny moments like that that have brought me a lot of joy so i'm really glad to hear that you've kind of had the same that's really cool yeah yeah it's been wonderful (coughs) excuse me um well thank you so much roxy we'll be sure to talk to you a ton more as we move along today but mccaller um quickly because i realize we're already almost 50 minutes deep just because it's honestly such a fun hang (laughs) with you two that i could do this for like three hours we're killing it we're killing it Um, over here McCuller, I'm going to ask you some questions that we're going to get that I would like some uh, that I would like some answers to, my friend. Uh, first being, what's the first Resident Evil game you played? I think it was two because you wanted to play one, or but correct me if the, I'm The other wrong. way. Uh, flip that. I wanted to play two. There we go. I had seen the commercials for it, 
and asked my, uh, this is such a fun callback that we can bring him back, Mr. Jake. <laughs> Mr. Um, Jake. My good friend Jake's dad owned a video game store and uh, Mr. Jake, and he was playing <laughs> Resident Evil 2. And so he was like, we've just, it's brand new. It's the first, it's, we've just got the one copy. We're going to set you up with Resident Evil 1. And it broke me. I was like, how mm. how does this happen? How is a game made like this? Well, how do I jump? What's happening? <laughs> wow. But yeah, it was um, that first game is so hard. Like, because you're learning that new vocabulary. I feel totally. like you yeah like with uh, tank controls like it. like that's one of the reasons why i couldn't get into it initially because it feels like the controls are kind of fighting with you which is sort of on yes. purpose <laughs> it's uh <laughs> i was just talking about this with somebody this idea that a lot of people are kind of arguing that like the tank controls are intentional to make it seem that like you have less control over your character so therefore even a single zombie is like a giant threat mm -hmm. And I don't think that's intentional. <laughs> I yeah. think that's a, a nice bonus. I think I'm happy that that happened, but I don't yeah. think that they sat down and said, what if we made our game kind of bad? It's like a happy, like a, a, a minor plus from a limitation that they right. had. Right, yes. So yeah. Mikey, were you playing uh, the director's cut version or the regular version before that? I want to say the uh, the regular version. Okay. Well, actually, I guess it must have, it, it could have been either. Okay. Because again, Resident Evil 2 was out, so the director's cut version was definitely yeah. out. But also, because we were at a used video game mm. store, he had tons of copies of it. Okay. And I don't know uh, one way or the other which one they had gotcha. stuck me with. Interesting. Um, uh, la I mean, just because I'm trying to get through it, McCall, our last sort of question for you is, actually, I do want to ask you specifically about Resident Evil 3, the original. Mm. Um, you've played that, yes? Boy, have I. Did you, it's fair to assume you played it before the remake? Mm-hmm. And when did you play it? How did you discover it? What did you think of it at the time from what you remember? Um, It's so funny the way that that game came into my life. You know, Resident <laughs> Evil 2 was the biggest deal to me. I remember poring over video game magazines. They had announced at that, probably pretty early on, that the hmm. Dreamcast was getting Resident Evil 3. Oh, that's right. And oh, weird. It was this like 3D version and Claire was back and some other weirdo that we'd never seen. And so I was like, okay, Resident Evil 3. And then I remember a couple months later seeing like in the rumors section of like Game Informer or something, them saying, oh, actually PlayStation is getting Resident Evil 3. Dreamcast is getting Resident Evil 4. That would eventually become Code Veronica. Yeah, shit, that's oh. right. I forgot that was but also like, on Dreamcast. And so the original Resident Evil 3, my understanding of the development of this game, it was originally planned to be like a side story. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feels that way. It is like mm. if the other two had two main characters and these two separate stories, this one only had one. It was a little shorter. It was uh, maybe as long as one of the campaigns in Resident Evil 2. So it's just like it did feel that way. But apparently Capcom was just like, prototyping, uh, I, I want to say it was like a private eye who was trying to escape Raccoon City hmm. during the outbreak. And then as they re like realized, oh, we need to put a number on this game and give PlayStation a Resident Evil 3, they kind of shifted this side story into Resident Evil 3. Okay. And okay. 
turned it into like a canon, which is uh, coincidentally what is apparently happening right now with Resident Evil 8. I heard rumors about oh. that too. I mean, 7 Capcom started- was as well, honestly. Oh, was it? It was supposed oh, to be Revelations 3. And then they were like, no, now it's Resident <laughs> Evil 7. Wild. <laughs> wow. Um, was that all you had to share about your experience with the first one? Oh, like no. Quick recap? Um, it was... Uh, here, here's the thing I remember. Jake, again, my Resident Evil friend. Hell yeah. Got it for Christmas. And I don't remember why or how, but somehow he got enough money to get it for me for Christmas? Oh, really? Aww, Jake. That's yeah. Cute. Especially, like, how old were you guys when he did this? Well, that's the thing. We were in, like, fifth or sixth yeah, grade. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, a video game like that would be such a big thing for a yeah. little kid like that. That's so sweet. But Aww. he was just so much my Resident Evil friend, Aww. and he and I had, by that point, been playing two over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he got it for me for Christmas. And, uh... Wow. It was the same thing. We played that game over and over and over again. It was almost more straightforward, Mm-hmm. Because like with two, I think I talked about this last time I was on the show. With two, there are two scenarios, a Leon and Claire. So I would play Claire A and Jake would play Leon B. Mm, okay, yeah, with, so swapping off like that. That's right. Cool. That's so funny. that's why that's why Claire A is still, even on remake, the one I play most <laughs> and the one I know best. Oh, that's well, cool. Claire's your girl. It makes sense. She's your favorite. And, well, exactly. Yes. Claire became my favorite character because of that. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil 3, it was more straightforward. We could just play through the entire game and then pass it to the other one. It was maybe a little bit longer. So there's like, I, I actually liked the time when I was <laughs> sitting and watching Jake play more than hmm. I like playing myself. There's a little bit of stress to Resident Evil that I think is important and something that was very much lost in the five and six days yeah. that seven brought back and that two and three remake are great about. There's like this tiny little like undercurrent of like, uh, vibration from stress that like oh. comes from having a limited inventory and should I spend these bullets that like no other video game really gives me I'm yeah. sure there are other games that do it well I mean I'm sure that's probably the appeal of like a stealth game but Resident Evil like it really feels like even though I've like mastered some of them they'll always be kind of tense and they'll always have that undercurrent of like am I gonna screw this up well like and wow. oh sorry no, go, no, ahead. go for it. <laughs> uh, two and three have like different elements of like sort of randomness to it. Or if you choose to go one way, something else will happen, mm. uh, particularly in three. Uh, Are you talking oh. in the remakes? Uh, in the original. Um, you know, like oh, if you yes. choose to go to the uh, the newspaper building first or the um, restaurant first, depending on which one you go to those first. Carlos mm-hmm. will show up. That's the first time you meet him. And then you'll have like a different separate encounter with Nemesis where you have to figure out something else to do. Right. Um, and then if you go to whichever one you didn't go to first, something else will happen. <coughs> uh, Nemesis showing up. So, man, has, like, that cool original Resident Evil 3 had these these wild moments where the screen would like turn black and yeah. white and freeze. With like a huge like, like heartbeat. <laughs> fight with the monster or run into the police station. And then you got to like choose your like choose your own adventure kind of yeah. thing. Whoa. Which is super neat. Yeah. And it'll change like and what different items you can get and yeah, like what happens mm-hmm. to Nemesis. Is he stunned or is he gonna keep coming after you? Yeah, Dang. that was cool. Ugh. Well, I mean, where do we even leave off from there? <laughs> I keep and- having these moments with Capcom with Resident Evil where I'm like, it's just so obvious to me. And it's not fair, right? I never would have thought to make as brilliant of games as they have made, specifically with 2 and 3 Remake. Those games are so good and so, like, I would say 2 Remake is a masterpiece. But then with, like, 3 Remake, I'm like, 
just put in a fucking choose your own adventure. Like, what are you doing? Just do it. It takes like an hour. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> it's like so frustrated with them. Yeah. They're making a Netflix show that is about like one of the villain's sisters. Or, or, oh God, um, that's, daughters. that's a live action one. Don't, no, not the yeah. CGI one. There's a live action Resident <laughs> Evil series coming out about like one of the main villain's daughters. And Where's I'm just your like, kids? just put Chris... Just put Chris and Jill in a mansion. This isn't hard, you guys. Yeah. Just put them in a mansion and have them fight monsters and solve puzzles. But, Mikey, they're going to be in New Raccoon City. It's <laughs> it's so stupid. It's it's And it's something I had to uh, say just the other day about the Resident Evil books, too. It's like, mm. because they're actually, like, really good and there's, like, a lot of, like, interesting uh, development being put into these stories that I know, like, the back of my hand... The moments that are bad stand out so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Because we like honestly during the Resident Evil five and six years, I didn't really care about Resident Evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I get it. It's bad and I can let it go. But now that they've done so many things so right, it just highlights the like strange Netflix oh, yeah. live action show they made and the strange Resident Evil three remake choices that they made that are just almost there. Yeah. They're almost uh, there. But not quite. Yeah. Uh, well, incredible. Well, I've gotten to hear so much great stuff from the two of you um, Roxy, about Roxy's video game history in general, but then a little bit from each of you about uh, some Resident Evil history. So we're actually going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going we're gonna to dive into history and context and the meaty part of the discussion tonight. So uh, we'll go ahead and just go on the quick break now, and we'll see you in just a few seconds. Oh, great. This is the host of the Call Me By Your Game podcast, Connor McCabe, and I am thrilled to announce that our show is now a part of the brand spanking new video game podcast network, Super NPC Radio, uh, and we've launched a Patreon in addition to support our shows. All the shows and content from Super NPC Radio are fully independent, and we finally have a way to not only make new video content, but more podcasts as well, bonus shows, and help pay for our expenses in doing so. We can offer several great tiers, and for $5 a month, you'll get access to our brand new weekly show, Super NPCs. At the following $10 tier, you'll get even more bonus content, including a monthly group episode of this show called Call Me By Your Game Co-op, where we discuss iconic games, their respective legacies, and their place in history. If this is interesting to you and you like this show, check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and keep on enjoying those games, why don't you? Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Today we, of course, are covering Resident Evil 3, a.k.a. RE3 Remake. Uh, (laughs) This is the game that came out this year in 2020, where, of course, with the wonderful Michael McCuller and the wonderful Roxy Polk. And before we dive into what these two love about the game, what's special to them about when they played, we're going to do some quick history and context about the game uh, that will hopefully 
inform you about what we're diving into today. So uh, for the two of you, uh, of course, like I said earlier, I'm going to share what I have here, these two quick Wikipedia style paragraphs. If you want to jump in and add stuff, feel free. Um, But I'll just start rambling. So Resident Evil 3 Remake is a survival horror game and full remake of Resident Evil 3 colon Nemesis from 1999. This game was developed and published by Capcom in 2020 and follows Jill Valentine and Carlos Oliveira as they attempt to survive zombie apocalypse while being hunted by the intelligent bioweapon Nemesis. It was released on Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on April 3rd, 2020, and includes an online multiplayer mode, Resident Evil Resistance. Um, no. The Which McCuller... <laughs> You just made a noise. I love it. Because you love it. Because that's that's the that's something we'll talk about on the show today (laughs) is that we got a fan and we've got a naysayer, (laughs) folks. Big debate. Um this is like that old show that I think was on CNN or Fox called Crosstalk, which is a really shitty show Tucker Carlson maybe even got a start on. But um all that to say is we have people who feel differently about it. Yeah. Um uh so RE3 Remake received generally favorable reviews with praise for its graphics, presentation, and gameplay, but some criticism for its short length, missing elements from the original, and pacing. Uh, The game shipped over 2 million copies within a week, and 2.7 million to date have been sold. Unlike the original, which uses tank controls and fixed camera angles, the remake features third-person shooter gameplay similar to the 2019 Resident Evil 2 remake. The online multiplayer puts a team of four players against a mastermind who can create traps, enemies, and other hazards. Uh, For the two of you, as far as just game history and context, is there anything else you wanted to share about it? And no is an okay answer, too. Yeah, I can't really think of anything in particular... Um, I mean, like, it was released, like, essentially when the outbreak kind of, like, in real life kicked off. The real outbreak. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was wild. Like, it came out in April, and we were all under quarantine, and that opening live-action cinema is just like, Hmm. the virus is spread faster (laughs) than any virus in history. The CDC is recommending quarantine, and we were all just like, ugh. Dude. We were coming off of Animal Crossing, which was the antidote to the pandemic and then to get Resident Evil 3 that was like remember it feels more more active in a way though because it gives you a way to like defeat the virus essentially which you can't do in real life the same way anyway (laughs) and it also it also was kind of this reminder like this could definitely be worse (laughs) yeah that you can't see your friends but at least you don't have to put a bullet in the brain or decapitate the head completely Wow. You know, I don't I don't often think about the luxuries that we have in this current pandemic, but that puts them uh, at the forefront for me. Um, that's really interesting. Uh, did either of you have a point you were going to share uh, before you moved on? Oh, I was going to say it's interesting how quick this came after Resident Evil 2. Remake. Yeah, it was just a little like uh 13 or 14 months like so part of that i think was that they were working on both games at the same time and a lot of them use a lot of the same assets as well um particularly Mm -hmm. like with the police station and stuff like that um so i think that contributed to part of it for sure but that felt to me like an abundance of riches different i remember thinking like there were kind of yeah it was a different studio so it was working on it at the same time but i remember thinking like no matter what happens here i got my resident evil 2 remake 
which mm-hmm. was perfect <laughs> against all odds, yep. was this beautiful remake. And so it's like, whatever happens with this is like, I'm going to be happy. Like, this is uh, the ultimate strawberry on a perfect piece of cake. You ever put strawberry on a cake? No, that's disgusting. I've seen it done. I may I may not be the first to do it, but I've seen it yeah, done. Yeah, I hate it. You hate it? I think it shouldn't, okay. I think it shouldn't be done. <laughs> oh, okay then. Very <laughs> strong be cake opinions tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So many cake. That's what people come to this show for is cake opinions. So perfect. My favorite opinions um, are the ones I don't realize I have until I start talking. You yes. did seem surprised by your own opinion. Yeah. It's funny the example you used is not the way you feel about it. Um, well, uh, thank you very much to the two of you. I know we're going to probably talk about more about that as we dive in, but let's do it since we're since we're about an hour and let's freaking dive in y'all all right i'm ready um, so why don't we just talk about this when this game came out was this something that uh, like roxy you were already looking forward to was it something that snuck up on you and you realized yeah i want to get into that um or was or, or yeah how did you feel about it when it was coming out uh, yeah definitely actually i had been looking forward to this game uh but i hadn't been following as much of like the release stuff because i kind of wanted to be surprised by it so like i wasn't watching trailers as much as maybe uh a lot of other people who were excited about the game were but i was i pre-ordered the game um <laughs> which uh nice i wanted to get the collector's edition because i'm crazy like that um and GameStop <laughs> made limited quantities and they sold out like within five minutes so i was like well oh, as as is anything these days when you want to pre-order something yeah seemingly. That, and that collector's edition though was like specifically great yes and so what what i actually just i i had a workaround which was i went to amazon japan and they had it for a normal price instead of like three times the price on ebay that scalpers had sent it uh, put it up there for Whoa. but so i have like a japanese version of the special edition and then like a regular version that um came with a steel book actually uh, so I still oh, got a wow. bonus. I'm I'm just crazy about like special editions for things I'm mm-hmm. super into. Like I tracked down the the special edition for Resident Evil 2 as well because they come with cool statues and I like That's, those things. I can relate to that. It's fun to to like really celebrate something you love and like get that special edition specifically. I again not to harp on it too much, but that's something that like would have been awesome with this like mario collection it's like a special edition with like a art book or a mario 64 wing cap statue or something yeah it's kind of insane to me Uh, that they did not do that honestly because it would have been like printing money i feel like yeah it's yeah we could talk about that forever but i'm with you it's a lot Um, of puzzling decisions yeah so anyway uh back to uh the game yes i i pre-ordered it but um it came in i think the day of release as well um, so I played it on stream, Great. like live with live reactions and everything via on the release day and was super excited and, about it. Um, I didn't know as much of what to expect because I hadn't played the original, uh, by that point. Um, it's this playing three was actually what kicked mm. off me delving back into the older titles in the series to play even more of them to kind of like Whoa. see what, you know, they kept for the remake, what they changed, stuff like that. So it was really cool to, like, kind of go into the original three after playing remake to kind of, like, see uh, what the differences were and, like, what some people were kind of mad about or happy about uh, by comparison. But um, I loved my time with it a lot. I I think it's a very good game, despite a lot of the uh, criticisms and things people might say about it. 
Sure. Uh, that's really cool to hear. I question for you is that how, since you didn't play the original before this one came out, why were you hyped for this game? What had you excited? Uh, because I love Resident Evil 2 Remake so much. Uh, it's okay, like one of my favorite gotcha. games of all time now. Uh, so kind of like how Mikey was saying, like, you know, he, he was excited for 3 to be released because of 2 in the way that, like, you can see they're doing similar treatment to it. So it's going to be like, you know, if it's not the best game ever, it'll still be pretty solid, you know, and I think it yeah. surprised me a little bit more. It actually made uh, Jill my favorite protagonist in the entire series, whereas, like, oh. before that, Leon and Claire were, like, my faves, and now Jill is my fave because of this game. It's Oh, that's cool. It's one of those, like, it can't be understated how good these remakes are at making real characters yes. out of these bizarre cartoon characters <laughs> from the original. Like... Jill has so many like layers to her in this remake like we saw it like opens with her like she has kind of PTSD about like the Resident Evil 1 yeah because like you would but like the games kind of don't really touch on that because they're just like oh it's a video game with zombies you know (laughs) yeah yeah the fact that she's like afraid but she's all she's like quippy but also like vulnerable I don't know yeah she's like a really great hero Throughout. Yeah. And the same can be said of Leon and Claire. And exactly. The same can be said of Carlos. Yeah, like Carlos got the biggest glow up for sure. Um, compared to like the four leads, or like within the context of like the four leads, like uh Claire, Leon, uh, Jill, and Carlos. Carlos definitely got the biggest improvement out of the four. Yeah. And you know, we we said it on the stream, but Roxy, I, the rumors are flying that, that you're a big <laughs> fan of Carlos. Yeah, uh, yeah, just a little, <laughs> just a little bit. So um, he's he and I, I commented when we were watching. I was like, wow, that guy's really handsome. He's like handsome and like rugged looking. He is, um, and like in in the original game, uh, he is much more exaggerated, like like a cartoon character. Mikey kind of says. Um, of like what the idea of a ladies man with an accent would be. That's right. Um, and so they abandoned that. Like, I think, so I've like looked into a lot of, uh, info on the game, like interviews with some of the voice actors and stuff on, uh, was it the residents of evil podcast did, Mm. um, some interviews with the, uh, facial capture and motion capture and, uh, vocal actors who are like for each of the characters, it's generally the same person. Um, That's cool. So hearing them kind of like talk about their roles and how they approach the characters and everything was incredibly interesting and super cool to hear. Um, And for Carlos in particular, they did try to see if they were going to keep that accent. uh, And then they ended up dropping it because they were Mm. like, it doesn't necessarily feel that natural in this way. Um, Hmm. And probably had to do with like the way the character was or the actor was portraying it too. like he did a very good job uh, with the version they decided to go with, I think. Nice. That's very cool. Um, McCaller, were, I'm pretty sure I remember you being excited about this game. Did you get it day one? Did you mm-hmm. devour it that night? Like, how did it go for you the first I remember, time you played it? Uh, I played it on stream also at like 9 p.m. when it unlocked. Like, I had it pre-downloaded. Oh, yeah, you were playing it digitally. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and I remember Roxy was on my stream, and she was like watching for just the first few minutes. And I remember thinking like, I would not do this. If Roxy was playing it first, I would keep this so pure for me. So I was like, yes. oh. Like you oh, I, I stopped pretty quickly. But. but she did, yeah, she did She did peace eventually. Yeah. She was like, oh, right, I'm playing this. It's <laughs> hard not to do that, though. Yeah. But yeah. Because like, I was waiting uh, I for my copy to ship in because I'm a physical media person. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, I was playing it on stream. I um, 
was able to capture all my reactions. I played through the whole, I think the whole game. No, I think that's not true. I played through maybe the first couple, like a half hour. And then I was like, oh no, I need to play this for myself. Because there is a certain amount of like, yeah, like brain split. Like you're kind of um, talking to chat while you're streaming Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like paying attention to like, uh, you know, your bandwidth and, you know, I sit kind of far away because I need to be sitting at my desk. And it's just like, no, I need to like curl up on the couch and like, I'm never going to get a chance to play this game for the first time again. And so yes. I took, I ter- eventually stopped the stream and just like curled up with it. And then eventually played it on stream a thousand times. And got that platinum. Got the platinum. <laughs> I got the, I got the Xbox achievements. I do not oh, have any yeah, sorry. PlayStation trophies <laughs> Whatever they call until the ones Xbox. I got today. Of yeah. course. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's that's really cool that I've I've definitely had games and experiences where I'm like, as much as like this might be a good game to stream because it's awesome, I need to be able to like not be on stream interacting with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I want to just be at home on the couch, like you said. I remember I kind of got to that point with like Lost where I stopped <laughs> wanting to watch that show with people because I was like, this means too much to me and I need to take it in by myself. Yeah. You know, perfect. And, and as people have said, McCuller, Lost is the Resident Evil 3 of TV shows. <laughs> oh, no. Many in scholars. That, in that a lot of my friends, when they think of them, think of me. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> That's how we're going to make that work. Um, awesome. So we kind of got an idea of when you two got to play this for the first time. And we got to explore a few things on the stream. But... Um, We'll leave this open so we'll be able to touch on a few ideas, but do either of you have something that you want to share about the game that worked particularly well or that you uh, thought made that experience very enjoyable? Could be like a mechanic, could be a story thing, could be like, well, I love this change they made. Any Anything really. Uh, do you want to go first, Mikey, or should I? I've got I've got one. Okay, how about you go? <laughs> He's locked and loaded. And and this is something that a lot of people hate about this remake, and I very much understand. But this game is just called Resident Evil 3, right? The original PlayStation one is called Resident Evil 3 Colon Nemesis. Mm-hmm. It is so very much about the nemesis, this horrifying monster that is chasing you throughout the entire game. He's so scary. The first time you hear him is when your uh, Jill's fellow stars member, Brad, is just like, there's a thing chasing us and he's skittering all around and he's so afraid. And you get to the police station and then the nemesis just drops. Like you reconnect with Brad and then the nemesis drops in between you and he Mm -hmm. viciously murders Brad. He like grabs him by the face with his hand and a tentacle comes out of his wrist and just goes straight through Brad's face. It's oh a my horrifying God. moment and it's relentless from there. The nemesis Ugh. keeps showing up. It's so scary. For whatever reason, in this remake, they made a ton of choices to turn the nemesis into a complete buffoon. <laughs> and it's so funny and such a weird choice. They like almost specifically undercut him. And I don't know why, but there's yeah. like this, this incredible moment where um, Jill's like running away from him and she like, she's on a train and she escapes and the nemesis like blows up 
And she's like, oh, finally he's dead. And she's running away. And then you get out of the, you like climb out of the train station and you hear his famous stars line. And she's like, yes. oh my God, he's still here. I don't know what to do. You run through this giant courtyard up a bridge. And then all of a sudden, the nemesis runs out from where you were. So you're like very far away from him. He poses no threat, but he's on fire. <laughs> Just screaming. In a way that is silly. Like he's like <laughs> trying to put himself out and it's like a yakety sax kind of moment. <laughs> it's so weird. And he like runs over to the railing and stumbles over and falls in the river. And Jill just goes like, bitch can't even swim. And wow. It's, it's funny and cool and like a good moment for Jill. But it's just like, there are so many moments where Nemesis like grabs her and he can kill her and he just throws her away. And it's just like, yeah. He's very funny throughout. Well, like, Mikey, going off of, like, that specific scene, then he shows up, though, he's not dead, and he's, like, transformed and even more, like, dangerous <laughs> than before, and it's, yeah. like, borderline bestial, because he's, like, on all fours now, and it's, like, yeah, way he bigger. <laughs> into, like, a dog creature yeah. at that point. Wow. Uh, it's, I don't, I don't know, it's... A lot of people hate it. They were like, Nemesis in the remake doesn't kill any Stars members. His whole thing is to catch the Stars. And he catches mm. none of them because Brad dies, like, saving himself. Yeah. Or saving Jill, rather. Um, and he never really, like, lands any decisive blows. He never really has that many moments. Like, we were kind of mentioning it on stream. Like, one grenade takes him down. Yeah, <laughs> like, gameplay-wise, they also make it kind of not as threatening. It's the part with Very the, the rocket sweet. launcher, like there's a part where oh. he gets his rocket launcher and it's like, oh, it's a big moment. It's like a cool cutscene. It looks very scary and like threatening. Mm -hmm. And then when it cuts to gameplay, he's got like a laser sight that is very easy to dodge. I don't think I've ever gotten hit <laughs> by it a single time. And like cinematically, <laughs> it looks really cool. But gameplay wise, like it never really felt as dangerous as it should have because mm -hmm. you're like just kind of okay. going in a straight line dodging left or right it's basically like he'll get you on this side so move to the other side yeah i think with that specific rocket launcher encounter and a lot of the like kind of the whole game it feels closer to like a horror roller coaster ride mm. that you're on yeah than like the original or any or even like two remake where it feels like you're like just hanging on you've got just enough bullets yeah. you don't know where to go like, you are kind of being pushed along a path, which is, like, fun. Yeah, it's, it like, has, super it, fun. It has a forward momentum that I like a lot, but I I do also understand that it sacrifices, like, some of the unpredictability and kind of, like, terror that comes from not doing that. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. So, yeah, it's kind of like they made a choice to do it one way or the other, uh, work for some people, not for others. Yeah, which, you know... Feels like a lot of art, right? Subjective. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, that's so, in, that well, is very interesting to hear, though. Um, um, What about you, Roxy? Is there anything that, like, like, what about this game, like, stood out to you or made it such a fun experience to play? Like, any examples, fine. Um. Well, we talked a little bit on stream uh, about the dodge that you get in this game. So this is, like, more of, like, a smaller, yes. smaller part of it that... Uh, has like bigger game gameplay implications that uh like the gameplay in Resident Evil 2 remake was so good and solid and then like how did they make that better they added a dodge so you have a little more maneuverability uh with Jill which is great and then when you play as Carlos instead of a dodge he has a punch so um you can like be a oh. little bit more aggressive uh so it gives you kind of like two different ways to play or like to add to the already like good gameplay 
Interesting. Oh, which was super and, rad. Does Car- I'm assuming Carlos is when he punches like a zombie, it only makes them like fall deeper in love with him. Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> okay, that's just how it works. He yeah, charms like them. It's not the actual ground where like he's mean to them, but it's because he's got a crush on them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. So like gameplay wise, that was great, and then just like overall, I mean, we touched on it a bit already, but just like the writing in general. And uh, one moment I can think of in particular is what they do with Brad uh, from start to finish. Yes. Uh, how cool are you with spoilers for us talking about? Like, well, we'll say right now, spoiler <laughs> ready zone. Uh, if you don't want something about this game to be spoiled, we'll give you five seconds to pause the podcast. If you're on the road, I rec and you can't touch your phone. I recommend just start singing loudly until you can pull over. There you go. Uh, and but hey, five seconds have passed. Go for it, Roxy. Okay. Uh, so there's a part with Brad, which in the beginning you see that he's like kind of warning Jill. And he actually ends up getting bit by a zombie protecting her. Kind of like because he feels responsible for leaving them in the first game. Um, which is kind of like a joke. Like what within the fandom, Mikey, is it Chick- Brad Chicken <laughs> Vickers is what they call him? Chicken Heart. Chicken Heart Vickers. That's it. Um <laughs> <laughs> as like a dig at the fact that yeah first sign of trouble he left immediately i mean in resident evil one he literally is the helicopter pilot <laughs> and the first monster that shows up he takes off with all of his friends on he the ground he flies <laughs> away with like all their supplies and ammo it's that's a bad look yeah uncomfortably cowardly cowardly wow. yeah and so like they they kind of give him a little bit of redemption where he's like I fucked up before. I'm not going to do it again. And he he essentially like takes the hit so Jill can keep going. Um, and you'd think like, oh, okay, that's it. He's just done. Um, but then he actually shows up later to inform something that happens in Resident Evil 2 Remake. That's why these games are so cool to like play them back to back because they're mm-hmm. really just telling the incidents that happened during like a couple of days um, mm-hmm. from different character perspectives. But it's like in the same uh, city. Um, so it interacts Dang. in some parts. So Brad comes back to the RPD as a zombie and he bites uh, the like mentor. I guess what do you call him a mentor character, Mikey? Yeah, just on an accelerated. Time yeah, line. yeah. So basically someone who <laughs> because is mentors must be killed for their charge to take on. He's in of the course. game for a very short. Yeah, time. like it must be Obi-Wan. Exactly. <laughs> so he's like uh, the only living police officer in the station in Resident Evil 2 that Leon encounters. You know, okay. he's like, rookie, I didn't think you were going to make it today. Uh, he he helps out Leon. And then like through the course of that game, you see him slowly be overcome by the virus because he got bit before Leon showed up. So yes. he is actually gotcha. bit by Brad because Brad comes to the police station because some semblance like in his brain still like recognizes or remembers it. Yes. And so uh, that character is like, oh, man, not you, too. And then he says, like, maybe, probably the last like human word he's probably ever going to say. He says, sorry. And it makes oh. him hesitate. And then he gets bit. Brad. Um, and so like. <laughs> And in oh, no, the other remake, guy says sorry. Uh, Brad says no. sorry as a zombie. Oh, Brad says sorry. Thank you. Uh, in two remake, when you first meet Marvin, Marvin, yes, who has been bit. Sorry, I realized I did um, not say his name. He goes, "Listen, if you see one of these things, I don't care who they are. I don't care if they've got a uniform or not. You do not hesitate. 
And then yeah. we see that flashback, and it's because he hesitated because it was yeah. his friend and like who said sorry. The acting, like the way it's paced, the way the actors' like facial expressions like convey that, it's just so effective, and is not something yeah. you would have necessarily expected to see. And just coming across that, I was like, okay. oh my god! And like when you do, you're playing as Carlos, who has absolutely no knowledge of these characters and like their relationship. So he's just kind of like, that's weird. And then you can, like, shoot Brad as a zombie and he'll drop, like, a key. And he's like, man, sorry, buddy. Because <laughs> he's like, Jeez. you can see, like, Brad on a poster if you see that before. And he's like, sorry, poster boy or something. But, like, uh -huh. he, he has no idea what, like, the implications are, except for the fact that Brad was a Stars member like Jill. Um, Interesting. So. There's a wow. lot in this game. I've always referred to it like what Christopher Nolan did with Batman. It's mm -hmm. like, why would uh, the Joker be about smiling? It's like, oh, he's got scars. It's like a lot of like justification for sure, this insane yeah. comic book mythos. Um, not only am I finding this in Resident Evil Book Club, I think the best things that that author does is like, why is there a crest puzzle? Oh, it's because this character has this specific trait about them. Oh, like, interesting. I did not know and that. These two remakes do a lot of like uh, really good justification for why... Um, like we kind of know these big moments have to happen because we played the original games, right? We know that Marvin is going to have to turn into a zombie. Yeah. And then why did it happen? And like, that's like a really smart, like Christopher Nolan level of justification. Yeah. And that's very interesting. It also helps to, it seems like, it seems like it would help to build out the world a little more, especially coming from, you know, like an original game to a remake, like there's room for growth. And expanding on stuff or filling in gaps that maybe weren't filled originally, that kind of led me led me to a question that I wanted to ask you to, which is, um, oh, before I ask that question, Roxy mm -hmm. and, and Mikey, feel free to jump into. I want to ask you about this dodge, uh, this the dodge mechanic that you get to do. Um, what did that change for you from like Resident Evil Two remake to three? And um, is there any sort of other like big inclusions or improvements like that that you think the next one could benefit from? Um, okay, so uh, it definitely helps your maneuverability. Like so much of the game, uh, especially on the higher level difficulties when you literally don't have enough bullets to kill all the enemies that you encounter, like being able to maneuver, like kind of juke around enemies or lead them a certain way so you can go around them is like a big part of the gameplay. Um, but mm. being able to have like a little more command and control over that so like you can kind of run forward then dodge at the last second uh, it gives you so much more kind of like power over your movement compared to the previous games um, going forward it's kind of hard to say because like Resident Evil 8 is going to be first person um, like Resident Evil 7 was oh, that's right. yeah so it's a whole mm -hmm. different thing uh, I don't think they could really integrate something like that uh, hmm. in a way that I don't know I'm just trying to think like how you would do that in first person I'm not sure yeah uh, I I personally prefer the third person uh, controls and like me, me and Mikey I think agree on most things about Resident Evil except for Resident Evil 7 mm -hmm. uh, whereas he loves it <laughs> I'm not a fan of uh, a lot of things in that game uh, mm -hmm. so like I'd prefer if they stick with kind of like the third person uh, camera and control scheme that they have in 2 and 3 remake um trying to think like i don't know mikey how do you think they would upgrade that if like there's another third person 
Resident Evil game, they kept the dodge. Would you add something else or do you think it's fine like that? See, my first thought is that three almost, uh, it took a huge step forward with the dodge mechanic, but that, what's weird is there was a dodge mechanic in the original Resident Evil 3. You know, that's true. That's right. That is kind of broken. Like to the point where like speedrunners who have set the world record don't know how to use it correctly. Wow. Yeah, actually, I feel like whenever I pulled it off in the original, it was just like by accident. Because like, I think it's the fire button or something. Like you're pressing that button anyway. Right. It's the same button to aim your weapon. So you're doing that anyway. And she'll just like sometimes slide around and also like screw you up if you mean to aim your gun Mm. that's strange that would get on my nerves yeah it's not well implemented in that original third one so like the fact that it's so fun but it is it is kind of blossoming from that so i was kind of thinking about like what is fun about resident evil 4 that would be fun yeah shit that's right because they are doing the 4 remake there is a 4 remake apparently i mean it's one of those rumors that are so rumored that it's definitely happening i thought they had confirmed it i don't think okay still rumor mill gotcha but Everybody knows. <laughs> uh, Leon has a really good spin kick mm. in four. And so I I almost feel like if there's like a really fun way that they can like, I don't know, flick the right joystick and it like you kick in that direction. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> like more of like a dedicated melee kind of yeah. attack maybe. Because I, I know you could only do those usually when there was like a prompt, right? Because you could also like right, suplex you would have to like shoot them. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to like shoot the uh, the enemies in four in like the knee, and then they would drop, and then you could go up. That was it. Press. Okay. Like the A button would pop up and be like A kick. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. You could do it, and it was very satisfying. But that to me feels like one of the good mechanics. Like a dedicated melee button would be cool. Yeah, like actually, that was one of the things I liked in six. One of the few things I liked in six is that you can just punch zombies. <laughs> <laughs> or kick them depending on what character. Well, you you're always had as. a knife on you, right? I feel like I think four so. and five did that. Like they just had a dedicated knife. Oh yeah, on yeah, you. yeah. And I mean, so uh, like the remakes have that too. If you have it equipped, I'm thinking about. Or like, wait, no, it is uh, just if you have it equipped. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, if you have it equipped, you can use it it's as not, like a defense item. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about like the newest God of War. How <laughs> satisfying it is to throw that axe and like summon it back. Like if mm. there's some melee, maybe not so much throwing, but just like if if there was like a knife in Resident Evil Four remake that just feels real nice to get that a would good, be good. stab in. Yeah, because like the knife yeah. fights are That'd a big thing in Four. That's I mean, true. like they're they're basically busted in the Krauser fights, which is really as we're funny. talking about it. Resident Evil Four needs to have a good knife. System, yeah, a yeah, good satisfying knife system. That's probably it. Okay. We answered it. We knife, solved it. Yeah, we solved knife it. system. <laughs> hey, well, thank you both. Well, knife system goes to the top of the list. Um, <laughs> I do have uh, a couple. I have two more questions that I want to ask you two. Um, the and hopefully I remember them because as I said that they disappeared from my brain, but I think I remember the first one for the most part, which is um, what was it about this particular game that um, because it kind of sounds like to me that they were able to flesh out a lot and make it even more digestible than the first. And again, if that's like not your interpretation or how you feel, let me know. But what sort of things did they, you've, you've gotten to talk about a few, like, like Brad super improved, like they fleshed out that character. Um, Was there any, 
Oh, sorry. Here's the question. I got it. After <laughs> I rambled for a while, I got it. Were there any other changes to this besides like the uh, nemesis sort of getting goofed on a little bit that you didn't see coming or, or was there any else that stood out to you for any reason? I would say there are some letdowns. Like yeah. I think that this game is a great game, but it's not a great remake. Yeah. Gotcha. And if, you know, the original Resident Evil 2 and 3 were available on the PlayStation Store, it would be a non-issue. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this like it does feel like Capcom is trying to like replace these games oh, in the canon. Okay. Yeah. Um which hmm. also I do not give a shit about Resident Evil canon. I want that to be clear. <laughs> I think it's very silly and ridiculous. But like, I can't play those games on new systems. So it's like, that's yeah. kind of a bummer. But like, yeah. And Roxy, I know, has some like channel points incentives on her Twitch <laughs> yeah. about how much she cares about these. So I will let her talk about Yeah, those. literally, I have a uh, channel point thing that you can redeem that's like, ask Capcom to give us Resident Evil 3 remake DLC. <laughs> Like, maybe they'll listen to me if I scream loud yeah. enough. Just joking, of course they won't. But uh, it makes everybody feel a little <laughs> bit better to be able to redeem some points for that. Um, yes. So a lot of the big criticisms people have uh, for this game is they left out a lot of areas uh, for this game. In addition... From the original? Yes. Mm-hmm. Particularly oh. the clock tower. You do not get to go inside it. You f- have a boss fight um, in the courtyard in front of it. And then they completely got rid of this park and graveyard area. Um, And, like, I can see easily where they could slot it into uh, the existing game as DLC. You would, of course, have to record, like, you know, more voice actor and motion capture stuff. You would have to make new assets uh, for it. Um, But they could very easily do it. Like (laughs) that part that Mikey was talking about with uh, Nemesis uh, being on fire and falling into the river (laughs) um, is like right by kind of an area that sort of emulates the park or was like supposed to be the park slash uh, graveyard area. So I can see them just like making you go through the park instead before you get to uh, cross the river and fight the uh, Nemesis boss in the courtyard um okay as a way to like bring that back and then to make the uh uh clock tower playable in the original you played through it as both uh carlos and jill um which i could see how the uh the graveyard and park area could be a new jill area uh jill gets infected at the end of that nemesis fight so then carlos Hmm. makes his way across the city to find her uh so i could easily see them like putting the clock tower in as a uh uh, part of Carlos's journey, there? yeah, to get there. So you could easily make those two parts playable. You wouldn't have to even alter what already exists. It would just be like DLC, like you know, extra episodes or something. Um, Interesting. And it's it's a very strange decision. Yeah. Just to like they and they do this a couple times. Like in the original Resident Evil, you go to a gas station and you solve a puzzle to get like mm-hmm. some motor oil to get the train working. And in this game, you like. In a cutscene, they run past that exact gas station. Yeah, so it's like Carlos they know. Sets up, sets up a trap to like explode yeah, Nemesis. That's to give. But they time. just like don't have you go play there. There's nothing to do there. And then the clock tower for me is the biggest omission in Resident yeah. Evil Three Classic. Because like you go through there you, as both huh. characters, which is a huge deal too. Right, and it's like a cool location. It's like after you've been in the city, you yeah. go to this giant clock tower that feels very much like the mansion in Resident Evil One. Yeah, it's great and spooky. 
And it's got cool music and like you go up on the balcony and you can hear the gongs of the clock. And I think like mm. their plan is to use the clock tower to like summon their chopper. So you get this really actually kind of lovely moment of hope in, yeah. in, in Resident Evil 3 that is about like feels like an ending where you like finally do all these puzzles to get the clock tower to ring. And Jill has this like beautiful like rushing out the front door. It's even in slow-mo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then just all of a sudden, <laughs> Nemesis pulls out his rocket launcher, blows away the chopper. You have the hardest boss fight in the game. And it's then, yeah, he crazy. poisons you at that point, and then you're out. So, like, it, they but shuffled yeah, they just... and remixed and, like, deleted things in a way that the two remake stayed pretty close to the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And just, like, the way that the GameCube Resident Evil original game remake was, like, practically a one-to-one, but with some added extra things, uh... For the original compared to the original yeah. ps1 game so i think hmm. like three deviated so much more by comparison to the other two remakes that people had a lot of issues with it and i think mm-hmm. only having one character or like one campaign essentially you're not switching between characters it made the game a bit shorter gameplay wise which yep. if you isolate any of the other resident evil games they really don't take that long to beat in the sense that like i don't think people should be complaining about like a six hour campaign because plenty of those games just take six hours (laughs) um but that was a big takeaway that people have where they were like well it's only six hours this is too short and i guess like for a 60 dollar game i could see that but it does it comes with resistance which is part of i think how they rationalized it um yeah but like they didn't plan any dlc they're not giving you any free extra stuff like resident evil 2 remake gave you like extra cool bonus costumes like one for free that everybody can download they don't have to pay for is to get the polygonal models from like the ps1 really yeah so you can play as like leon and claire they look like ps1 polygons everybody else is like realistic it's very (laughs) funny and goofy and like adds more replayability they added these extra challenge modes that are also free to download they just give them to you for free where you can be different uh ghost survivors which is essentially like what if scenarios about other characters you encounter like what if they Hmm. survived and made it out and like there's different challenges related to that um so they put like a lot of love and care and extra work into the resident evil 2 remake and then when you get to resident evil 3 remake they're just like oh we're not giving you anything and just here's resistance like (laughs) here's main resident evil 3 and then you get resistance which uh has like loot boxes and stuff um so it kind of feels like they diverted the best loot boxes yes mikey (laughs) not really not really. They're kind of late. They're not great. I I, I feel like y- you perfectly set me up, Roxy, for the last question mm-hmm. I was going to ask, which was just going to, well, it's more of a, que- less of a question and more of like a just tell me about it moment where I'd love to know, uh, like, in a shorter way that you can from the both of you, maybe especially you, Mikey, because you like it yep. better, but what is... What do you like about Resistance that is a multiplayer? Can you give me a quick overview of what it is and then what you enjoy about it or what falls short for you? Uh, Resistance is a 4v1 multiplayer mode. And if we're being honest, it's probably the reason Resident Evil 3 exists as a remake. Because it, it was the plan? pretty clear that they were making Resident Evil Resistance and they were like, oh no, we need to do something to justify this being a $60 game. <laughs> yes. And then they did Resident Evil 3 remake also. So I've, I've heard um, like two different schools of thought about that that were two different like theories, I guess. That mm-hmm. it was more like the studio that was making Resident Evil 3 
knew that, you know, once they make it, that's it. They're not going to make more money off of that. They won't be able to develop mm. more. So they wanted to also make resistance that felt more like their thing that they could keep adding to and making money off of um, mm. and expanding on. Because, like, you can only do so much with, like, the license that you're given, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I think is why only Jill is, like, the only playable character. You don't get to play as Carlos or any of his team. You don't get to play as Claire mm-hmm. or Leon, which would seem oh, like a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you play you play as like uh, creator wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just new characters. It's like Valerie; she's the nerd. Like it's uh, which oh. I actually really love. That's my like big Resident Evil. Oh, okay. uh, bugaboo. I want every game to star a new character. I never want to see the second adventure of Jill Valentine, even though it's Resident Evil Three. Mike, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> but I can understand I that thinking- too. It is nice to see a fresh face character kind of take on those situations. I get it. Yeah, it, it feels like if you live through one of these situations by the skin of your teeth, by the second one, it's just like, what the fuck is happening? How does this keep happening to me? <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, wouldn't that person take a vacation to some island or like, yeah. like just move? Exactly. This shouldn't or, happen twice. That's why Carlos never retirement. showed up again. He's just living it up yeah. on a beach. He knew better. <laughs> Good for yeah, Carlos. Uh, I will. I will say resistance. It's um, one person plays as a mastermind. And they, yes. and for them, it's almost like it feels almost more like a real time strategy game where they're like switching between cameras and watching and playing cards. They're like constantly drawing and playing cards, and they have like life energy to play. Uh, you know, you can put down three zombies in a room, and you oh. when you play as the survivors, you are tasked with like going through this area and looking for at first like puzzle pieces, which yes. is Resident Evil as hell. And you, um, I, I think the criticism, as I understand it, and certainly what I hated about it my first few times playing it, like, it's hard to get your mind around. There's a mm-hmm. lot to take in, and they are very bad at explaining yeah, it. Yeah, it, <laughs> it feels like <laughs> you, not you start a match, and then, like, 30 seconds in, you're being mobbed by a million zombies very aggressively, and then you're dead after a minute's passed. Those matches can go by so quickly, and yeah, the tutorial wow. is very brief and doesn't really teach you how to play the game, I'd say. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating. Uh, yeah. I feel like I got very lucky, and me and Roxy both had this. We had somebody who was in both of our Twitch chat was like, hey, I'll jump in and play with you. I've been playing for a while. Yeah, he could like actually and, tell us how the game worked. Yeah. Big wow. shout out to uh, to Mark, uh, EID on Twitch. Yeah. Who uh, we needed another person who yeah. only explain the game to us, not the game itself. <laughs> but he like led us through. And that for me was like the op- the eye-opening moment. It's like, oh, okay. if you're playing as this character, you have to do these things. If you're playing as this character, don't focus on the cameras, only focus on the monsters, like that kind of thing. And okay. Since it is 4v1, you can put together your team. And then it also, the other thing that sucks about it is if you don't have a team of people that you know playing together, which is why I want so bad for some of our video game, a comedy show friends to get in Here on it. Here it is, folks. <laughs> I will buy it for all of you. It's 50% off, Connor. Um, if you don't have a team of people, you're just kind of getting the luck of the draw. Yeah, like if you're and- not directly talking to them either, I don't understand how anything gets done like how do you communicate well, otherwise? that's kind of the thing if they're good and they've been playing for a long time they know they're like oh i'm playing as this mm-hmm. character i will open the doors i will take the first bite because i have a ton of health and i can handle it okay if they don't and certainly i played like this for a very long time and still sometimes play like this whereas you have no idea what you're 
doing and you're just running around shooting, like one person alone will die. Dang. So, and again, there's no real, I think there is a tutorial, but it's not mandatory. And even that, it's so brief. Really it doesn't really clear it up. It's just like, oh, yeah. there are puzzles. Oh, there are cameras. <laughs> you get <laughs> a gun sometimes. That's <laughs> like pretty much huh. it. So, all that to say, McCuller, what gets you going back to it then? It's that Resident Evil gameplay that I love. Is like, it they that? do okay. control like the characters of Resident Evil 2 and 3. And uh, it's like, I love that the combat in those games yeah. i feel like the shooting mechanics are really solid they do some really interesting melee stuff with a lot of the characters and it just like okay. um we were playing today the uh bug section in resident evil 3 remake mm -hmm. right where you are running away from these bugs and you find these computer consoles and you have to hold x and this little like circle like comes all the way around and those that is the the a little electrical undercurrent of tension that I love in Resident Evil games. You're pushing the switch up and it's very slow and there's bugs crawling up and you're like, oh, and you just barely get it and you just barely escape. That is yes. my favorite gameplay, anything. And Resistance is full of those moments. It's full of like a room where there's like 30 zombies. Some people can have like, you can send a nemesis down if you get like as your mastermind's <laughs> ultimate skill. And if you're playing as Jill and you have your little dodge mechanic, that's her special move. Mm -hmm. If you can dip in there, none of the monsters realize it. You dip in there, you grab your puzzle piece, you turn around, you get back out. You probably take a bite, but you push them off. And then you're out of there. Like you did it. Like it's exactly that. It's the exact wow. Resident Evil gameplay. The second round of every Resistance game there's one zombie, a security guard that has a uh, security card and there are computer terminals all over. So you have to mm. first go kill that zombie, get the security card and then go activate these terminals. But those terminals are exactly the bug mechanic. You have to hold X for that little tense amount of time and hopefully your team knows to defend you. But if oh, they don't, no. a fucking nemesis is coming and he's going to punch you hard. Ugh, oh, I love big it. Fists. Oh, I love it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's Woo! that's awesome. That was I feel like the ride of my life is when you talk <laughs> about resistance. Um, well, cool. Well, I do have some end of the show segments that I want to get to. Before I do that, I do want to open it up to you two. Was there anything else that either of you or both of you want to share about um, what you love about this game or what makes it fun to you or even something you didn't point out? Uh, I just want to open the floor for each of you to share one last thing. Uh, hmm. Okay. My and if you covered all of it, that's cool too. <laughs> no, I mean, all, all in all, I think that this game is definitely worth playing. If anybody's like on the fence about it, awesome. who likes Resident Evil, um, or likes like this style of like game, whether it's horror or, uh, you know, kind of more, uh, tactical third person shooter. I don't know if that would be sure. an accurate description. Um, but I guess I was really surprised at how well written it was. Um, mm -hmm. and how much I like fell in love with the story and the characters. Um, cause like I was expecting to like it, but I wasn't expecting to like love it, I guess. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. even though like I, I love Resident Evil 2 remake, so it was a good like indicator that I would like this game as well. Um, and like totally. so many of the moments, uh, you know, like plot points and stuff that come up, uh, and action set pieces were a lot of fun. Um, and like, sure, maybe thinking about it later, I could think about like stuff that they could add or stuff that they could have done better. Um, but like in that moment when I was playing through it the first time, I just had an absolute blast with it. 
um and cool. uh i'm very happy that uh i can if i ever want to go back i can just check my stream archive because it's lying. <laughs> hell yeah oh yeah you got it That's I, right. yeah yeah well cool what about you mccaller anything else anything last things you feel like sharing about this game yeah. or bringing home it, it, it's kind of the same thing but like i do want to say like it, it does feel like we were a little harsh on it and i think sure. that is it's a strange thing coming from like it's a remake of a game i love very much yes uh and it does make some changes that like again i can see because i'm so in love with it that mm -hmm. i almost feel like that's being highlighted but like for again for anybody on the fence about this game at $60, maybe it's a lot. I Like I said, it's 50% off on PSN right now. I will literally buy it for you right now, <laughs> Connor, if you will play it with me. Uh, it's Choose such to ignore the statement. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> it's such a like great horror roller coaster. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of my like go-to term for it. it like this, It's full of set pieces. And that's, uh, I guess... I wanted to make this about how much I actually love this game. Here's the thing it does worse than Resident Evil 2 Remake. <laughs> Resident Evil 2 Remake makes like Mr. X, this like really interesting AI mm -hmm. character that's kind of perpetually chasing you. Nemesis has just one section where he does that and then he becomes nothing but boss fights. Yeah, like Mr. X. Gotcha. Mr. X feels more like Nemesis than Nemesis does. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> oh, wow. Interesting. That's exactly how Nemesis works in the original yeah. one and not how Mr. X works. Yeah, they flipped roles. Yeah. But what I wanted to say was, those set pieces, those boss fights with Nemesis are awesome. They're so good. You like, like the burning building one. That's Get exactly the, what I was yeah, going to yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> you go fight Nemesis through a burning building. He has a flamethrower and he's chasing you up to the top of this like construction site. And sitting on fire. So you're like, you're running away from the fire as well, trying to not get killed by the fire and just going upwards. It's, and you're like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going up. How do I get out of a burning yeah. building like that? Wow. It's very cool. So it's like, that's one of those things where like, if it was the first, it was just like a new game I was playing, I would be blown away by it and yes. probably couldn't stop crying. The <laughs> fact that they took away my weird Terminator fetish from Resident <laughs> Evil 3 makes me go like, ah, but also, ah, like, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. surprised by and it. And yeah. I think when you were talking about like us being harsh on it or something, I think it is because it is so close to being like the mm -hmm. best it can be, but it just like barely misses it. Right. because of those things that i think again it it sticks out to you more because you care about it as opposed to like if it mm -hmm. wasn't worth your time you wouldn't think about it you just kind of dismiss it you know yeah i would say that like at worst you would call the resident evil 2 remake an a game but like the this awesome. game at worst you would say is like a b plus okay that's pretty which is still great yeah yeah which is like perfect wow well not perfect the very <laughs> definition of not perfect but that's like but you know what can sometimes not to make an excuse for it but can make games extra interesting to come back to is like the imperfections and the weird choices that are made and the changes especially to remakes so yeah. that's fantastic and well I, I will also say real quick that all of yeah. those changes like they're it's clearly in a direction yeah so like yes. if you are somebody who loves action horror it's like the perfect game if those choices cool. line up with your soul you got the thing it's not convoluted or like half measures they 100 percent did the thing they wanted to do awesome Ugh, i love it so much to love here <laughs> um well cool well hey we're gonna thank you too so much uh before we move on for sharing about your personal experiences with uh resident evil 3 remake but i do have some fun segments for you so we're gonna knock those out and then we'll do some plugs and get out of here so 
the first post-game segment that we've got for you is the Fact Me By Your Game segment, where I famously just tell facts to my guests about the game. Uh, The first one is one that um, one of you, I think it was McCaller, first brought this up, was that, yeah, the online multiplayer mode, Resident Evil Resistance, was developed externally by Neoboards Entertainment. It was previously announced, in fact, as a separate game called Just Project Resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, that fact came from Wikipedia. The second fact I ha- and final fact I have for you today is comes from a website, I think it was more of a blog website, called Mickey.com, which I had never actually heard of. And this is actually a ref like sort of a follow-up to an easter egg in the re2 remake so fans of that game might remember the scene with the gun shop owner robert kendo and his daughter the quite awful one that happens uh that's all i'll really say well in re3 remake and if you'd know about this explain it further to me because i'm a little confused now um in this game if you linger near the Kendo gun shop's closed door, you can eavesdrop on a moment between the two of them before the events in RE2 remake happen. Does mm. is that timeline hold up? Does that make sense? Am I misconstruing something here? Uh no, that's, does anybody know? No, you're you're correct, uh, yeah. Yeah, it would take place Resident Evil 3 is weird in that it takes place both before and after Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Because they're going on at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And when, so cool. like three starts before two. Ah, weird. But then Jill gets knocked out for like, what, two days? Yeah. And then that's when Resident Evil 2 happens. And then Leon and Claire okay. get out. And then the rest of Resident Evil 3 is after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, gotcha. you would. Uh, this is shout out to uh, Jeremy Schmidt, uh, the show's editor and producer. He made this comment and it was so spot on. Uh he said that Robert Kendo is the Resident Evil version of Boba Fett. Oh my god! <laughs> and that like he has this tiny little part, but for some reason everyone loves him and is fascinated by him. That's so funny. But he he is he's got this. He's another character who in Resident Evil Two Remake gets like really interestingly developed. Yeah, it's actually that's my like the equivalent scene. of the Brad and Marvin scene. Yeah, like. Interesting. That's my favorite scene in my favorite game. So I guess that's the best scene in a video game I've ever experienced. <laughs> um, but they add him into this game too. Yeah, because like and, Jill knows him. He's like across from yeah. the police station. So they get like their but custom guns. But there's really no guns. other information. It's very much just like, why are the clones Django fed? Who cares? And it's like, well, because <laughs> it's cool to see him, right? And it's like, I guess. I don't know. That's so <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I love it. Well, hey, that's the end of the Fact Me By Your Game segment. We'll then move on to the game recommendations segment. And I've explained this to you before, McCaller, but Roxy, for you, the way I will operate with these three recommendations is um, as if Resident Evil 3 Remake is a is a relationship that you've just ended and you're looking <laughs> to move on to a new uh, sort of relationship. So okay. kind of my one force tie into the movie, call me by your name uh, <laughs> at the end of the movie. Cause I've, I always think like, it's very interesting to see who people and friends date after a relationship ends because sometimes their next partner or whatever can be eerily similar to their last one. They can be wildly different or someone you never expected. So that's what I kind of based these, these wrecks on. So the first recommendation I have for you is that if you just need to play the third game in a story in a long storied franchise even though technically you know RE3 
remake. I mean, it is not technically, it is a remake, and this one isn't. I'll recommend to you Final Fantasy 3, which is technically Final Fantasy 6 everywhere else besides the US. So <laughs> for the Super Nintendo. So uh-huh. that's that's my forced tie in there. Roxy, um, you've played that, right? Uh, I never actually beat that one. That game, it's that, long. that's a whole other conversation, but I wish they had remade that game for modern consoles mm. instead. You know, I, <laughs> there's still the hope. The hope's out there, Roxy, so we'll see. Get my fingers crossed. That would be incredible. Um, the second recommendation I have for you is that, McCaller, I've heard you say, and maybe if I'm misquoting you, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is... If this is your second favorite Resident Evil game, let's say RE2 and the remakes are your favorite and RE3 is your second, then I'm going to give you another remake of your potential second favorite game in a long storied series, and that would be Majora's Mask 3D, The Legend of Zelda for the 3DS. Um, And then lastly is this is uh, probably the closest one, the least out of left field, but if you just want to play another freaking fun as heck zombie masher with uh it's a lot more simple in some ways and and but it's still very fun i'll recommend to you dead rising uh mm. so so that's that's the end uh which uh, as i said before is one we're doing for this month for for october Ooh, very um, cool but that brings us to the end of the game recommendations segment and the end of the show so uh lastly i just wanted to thank you both so much for coming on oh, here yeah. to thank do you for this. having me this is wonderful yeah absolutely roxy and mccaller we've done this many times together so thank you for even though you know what it's like to have to spend i mean look two hours with me plus some because of the stream <laughs> three hours with me uh you still stuck it out buddy so thank you and and roxy thank you so much for being on for the first time this was fun of and, and f- open invitation to you uh, to come on my show solo and talk about a different game that's special to you anytime. Oh my goodness, I would love that. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Well we'll I'll be sure to we'll be sure to link up after this and so we can, you know, get a game that you want on a list so that no one else can take it from you. <laughs> awesome. Um but before we go, we talked about it earlier, but what would you like to plug? Where can people find your stuff and what do you want to leave us with? Um starting with me. Yeah, let's start with you. Cool. Uh, definitely follow me on Twitter, just at Roxy Polk. Pretty easy. Uh, same cool. as my Twitch channel, which I highly recommend you come uh, check it out. Come hang out with me if you got the time. I'd love to see you guys there, uh, which is also just twitch.tv slash Roxy Polk. Um, I'm also on Instagram on uh, under Roxy Polk Art because for some reason it would not let me just use my name. <laughs> Don't know why. Huh. Strange. Um, I've also got a Patreon, uh, which is similarly uh, my name, and uh, I have a webcomic that updates uh, called Lacuna Break that I would highly recommend you guys go check out. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'll be sure to leave uh, links to everything that you're telling us about in the show notes, and then McCaller, for you, my friend, where can we find you and what do you want to share? You can find me on Twitter, at Michael McCaller. You can find me on Twitch, playing Resident Evil games at twitch.tv slash Michael McCaller. Um, and just, I don't know, be cool to each other, you know? (laughs) Hell yeah. Give your friends big hugs when you are allowed to. (laughs) Yeah. Someday. (laughs) Virtual hugs. Couldn't recommend it or, or maybe get 
multiple negative tests for you and a friend. Be mm-hmm. super cautious after that in quarantine, and then you can redeem your one hug for the next month. <laughs> and then get uh, tested again. Yeah. <laughs> and then get, and exactly, get tested following up. But, well, thank you both. Um, I'll plug some stuff to close this out. Uh, of course, you can find out, uh, you can find way more content and a lot more about how this show operates and where we come from at on our Patreon at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. As I said earlier, if you like this show, I can guarantee you're going to like the stuff there. You can also check out previews in our show feed so you don't have to necessarily pay for stuff up front if you want to just get a taste first. Uh, this show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. You should listen to his show, Video Games, a Comedy Show. Our cover art is by Glenn J. You can follow them on Instagram at, at Glenn J, Glenn.J, excuse me. And then I'm, of course, on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. You can follow me on Twitch when I sometimes do that at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. That'll do it for us today. We'll see you on next one. 